0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego.
1: And my name is Charlotte Pressler and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
2: And I'm Maya Little Sonia and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego.
0: And the team is back together. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So exciting! We haven't heard those three names in a row in I don't know six months, months. seven yeah. months, something. Like I've that. missed it too rookie. long, my Hi-key. Too long. Too long. You are finally fulfilling your promise that you would come back and be on the podcast again. Though, so that's good. Uh, it, only, <laughs> it only took a it only took a high liturgical day to get you back. So worth
2: it. <laughs> well, I I forgot. I was like, oh wait, that's Easter. <laughs>
0: Uh, you all hopefully remember Maya Little Sonia, one of the original <laughs> creators, co-creators of Faith to Go uh, from the very beginning back in 2017, spring of 2017, when mm-hmm. we started, did the first recordings of the podcast that you can still find on our feed. Uh, they're a whole lot different than they are now, but you can go back, <laughs> check those out, conversations with Maya and David. Um. There's seven of them, and they are well worth a listen uh, if you have oh, some boy. free time, which I know that you do. Um, so, uh, Maya, welcome back to the podcast. We're so happy you're here. Would you share with everyone a little bit more about your ministry context and what you've been doing recently in that context?
2: Oh, right. Yeah, I'm really happy to be back. Um, definitely missed it. Um, it's one of those things that you're going, going, going. And now that things are kind of slowing, down, it's like, man, do you know what I really miss? It's Faith to Go. Um, but I haven't even had a chance. I mean, not to say oh, I wasn't even thinking about y'all, but, you know, life is life's crazy, man. So I work um, as youth minister, as I had said, at St. Paul's Cathedral. Currently, um, kind of branching out and doing, well, As for the past few months, I've been doing also like children's ministry. And so in... Um, The wake of all this stuff, I've been working closely with Charlotte on our youth programming um, with Christchurch Coronado youth, um, doing Zoom calls, which, you know, thank God for Zoom. Um, And just, yeah, trying to connect with youth, um, calling them and checking in how they're doing during this crazy and uncertain time. With the little ones, you know, I'm doing like story time on Zoom uh, my mom was a first-grade teacher for many years and compulsively collected children's books. So, um, you know, I was hard on her for a long time about that, but now, you know, oh, how the turntables, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> now I have an endless supply of children's books I can read and engage with, uh, with our kids, and then I'm doing Sunday school on Zoom. So, um, yeah, forced to be creative in all this.
0: Yeah, that's great. Good job. So uh, as every week, we like to ask our guests, where did you see God in this past week?
2: So I'm from Rancho Penasquitos here in San Diego. Um, I live with my parents. I'm a youngin. And I I work at the cathedral, which is Bankers Hill, and I go to school downtown uh, and I take the bus. So I'm very rarely in my neighborhood, um, usually. And so I throughout the week, I've just been going on lots of walks and I'm also into photography and I've been taking lots of pictures of just where I'm from. And the last time I've really, you know, spent a ton of time in my neighborhood was like middle school, high school, which not the best relationship with physical, that physical space, that layout when I was at that time. So I've seen God in my, um, walks and just, uh, connecting back to where I'm from and finding beauty in that place where there once was a lot of pain yeah
0: Yeah. that's awesome well well so we're so happy again that that you're here we're excited to get into these easter gospels with you um and we want to hear from all of you that are listening we want to hear any of your Uh, questions, your comments, uh, your stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, Uh, you can send us any of those communications to faith2go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org, and you can also contact us through Instagram at faith2go. We have a whole bunch of resources up on the Faith2Go website for Holy Week, for all the days of Holy Week. So Pretty much what you're used to seeing for a full week uh, of resources, there's one of those posts of resources for the days of Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And then by the time you listen to this, there will be resources up for the week of Easter. Uh, So Easter Sunday and the week following. So there's a whole bunch of stuff up there. There's ways to observe Uh, Palm Sunday and Maundy Thursday and Good Friday and Holy Saturday with your families, especially in this moment where many people are not able to go to their churches to do those ritual actions and take part in those liturgies and ceremonies that they usually would be able to do with their church community. So we're curating a whole bunch of resources and building out resources for people to have those kind of comprehensive faith forming experiences at home and with their families and trying to make it as easy for you all Uh, to do those either at home by yourself or lead them with your families, and they'll be their resources, again, as usual, for all ages of children. Plus, now we've got a fourth resource category for all ages of adults. So there's adult resources and children's resources in there for all of Holy Week. Make sure you go check those out uh, and let us know how those go. So uh, today we are going to talk about uh, two different Gospels because there is an option for the Gospel Uh, reading of the resurrection from John's gospel or from Matthew's gospel, since this is Matthew's year, year A. So what we're going to do is read the John gospel first. Maya is going to read that, throwback to when Maya used to read all of the gospels all the time. And then uh, Charlotte is going to read the gospel for Matthew. So after the reading of John's gospel, Charlotte's going to give her point, then she's going to read the Matthew gospel Maya's going to give her point, and I'm going to give mine at the end, and then we'll recap. So, Maya, would you read John 20, 1 through 18?
2: Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples, I have seen the Lord.
1: And she told them that he had said these things to her. So I love that in this version, um, since I have point number one, that we hear so much about Mary. Um, It just really resonates with me. Mary was there for the crucifixion. Um, She experienced that tremendous loss. And then here we have her on Easter Sunday, standing outside the tomb. And, She's standing outside the tomb and she is clinging to that physical Jesus. She is clinging to Jesus whom she has loved this whole time and to all that his ministry has meant and to what that relationship is and all of those things. She is holding on so tight and holding on so tight that way is a manifestation of her grief, um, the grief of the loss that she has experienced on that Good Friday. And so we hear her standing outside of the tomb and weeping. Um, and she is standing there weeping. And then he's the angels and wants to know, and they want to know why she is weeping. Right. And she does. And she names it right there. The Lord has been taken. And I do not know where he has laid. She's asking for the comfort of knowing where the physical body of Jesus has gone, taking comfort in his physical presence even though he no longer is in that body unsure and uncertain of the resurrection. At this point, all she is looking for is the tangible body of Jesus that had been wrapped and laid in that tomb and it's gone and she's lost and she's stuck and she's clinging to that physical body of Jesus. So what Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? He's come up upon her. Who are you looking for? At this point, she thinks he's the gardener, right? It says it right in there. And she says to them, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. The desperation of that to me reads so clearly through the voice. And it's not until in that moment that Jesus calls her by name that she's able to recognize the fact that the resurrected Jesus is standing there next to her. She cannot see him until he says her name. And I think that I connect with this on so many levels right now, because I think that that grief that many of us are experiencing of being in solitude in our house and all of the changes of the world, that we get stuck in that grief. And sometimes in the moments where we hear God calling us out of that grief, it's hard to be clear on it. And it's hard to listen because we are so stuck and we are clinging to the loss that we have just experienced. And Mary's loss is even more profound than that at this point. She is looking for the physical Jesus when the resurrected Jesus is standing right next to her. And it's not until he clearly says her name, Mary, that she's able to process that it's truly him.
0: Yeah. And I, this, this seems to get back to that, <clears throat> that hope and grieving kind of tension that we talked about last week of like, oh man, like the grief is real for Mary in this moment, you know, just like it was real for Mary and Martha and Jesus when Lazarus died. But to, yeah, but to, like you're saying, to get, there is a, a present in grief, also this sense of hope of the possibility of what will be born in us when we integrate this loss or this grief into our lives. You know, like when someone dies, it's not about getting over their death. It's like about integrating that into who we are now, you know, let, letting that help us become who we are being called to be. And that, Um, it's possible to both go too far one way of like going into hope and not letting the grief build something in us, break us down so that we can be built up again. And then there's a way of like going so far into the grief that we just stay stuck there and never get the sense of hope because the hope is kind of the thing pulling us through the grief. And the grief is the thing that's like pulling us down into some sort of greater depth of us. And we need both of them. So it's like, it's, it's a cool, the idea that, Jesus is like, Jesus is not denying her sadness or grieving, but inviting her to keep walking, you know, as she's grieving, you know, don't hold on right. to this one thing, like help, let 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 yourself continue to move, but also don't deny what is true of your experience, you know? So I think that gets us uh, into the second gospel, which is from Matthew, the same story, uh, but from the account, told by the author of Matthew's Gospel. And then after that, uh, Maya and I will give our points. So Charlotte is going to read Matthew 28, 1 through 10.
1: After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings, and they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There, they will see me.
0: All right. So that was Matthew's version of this story. You notice a lot of, a number of differences there. Uh, But Maya's got the first point uh, to do kind of a little tying together of these, these two gospel accounts.
2: Right. So my point kind of dips into both readings. So as David had said regarding the John, that Jesus was calling Mary to keep moving. Keep going to um, move forward in both her grief and her joy in that moment. And so I, you know, I'm noticing a lot <laughs> of movement, of course. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the um, Apostle Simon Peter and this, you know, really just book it to the tomb and. It's. I think it's so funny that they were trying to like outrun each other, and whatnot. And um, they arrive, and Jesus isn't there. And um, it it was that like it's kind of the way Jesus did his ministry, right? Um, that he was always calling them to keep moving so to speak, perhaps one step ahead of them and with them at the same time and guiding them into that next step. Um, Just when they thought they kind of grasped a certain concept, he was on to the next one. Uh, The transfiguration, Peter wanted to stay on the mountaintop. Jesus was calling them to go down. Um, And this isn't to say that Jesus is evasive, right? That he's wily and just like, oop, can't catch me, can't get me. Um, but it's that he's, uh, calling us to, to not just pursue him in his presence, but also just in life to keep moving forward. And I wanted to tie that to the Matthew gospel because well, I I see a connection there when he's saying, um, he has been raised, the angel says he has been raised from the dead. And indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him this is my message for you and um i just think it's like he's we are always being sent like jesus is ahead of us and so in these uncertain times perhaps we can be confident that jesus is already there he's going to meet us there that there and this isn't to say that there's like i'm not making bold claims about predestination right that there is a master plan this is all meant to happen per se I'm not equipped for that. (laughs) Um, That's above my pay grade. But it's to say that the plan thus far is that God will meet us from point A to point B and then we'll like deliberate. But that's the plan.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think that something about that that's so beautiful, Maya, is that You know, we've talked a lot in the past few weeks on the podcast about God walking with us and about the Holy Spirit being with us in the desert and all of those things. But it's not just that God is with us, that Jesus is with us, that the Spirit is with us, but in front of and behind us and in all of those places. So especially in this place of turmoil and upset, Knowing that Jesus is ahead of us in this too, and that we may not know where we're going, but we do know that God is there when we get there, um, I think that that's tremendously comforting.
0: Yeah, and that that kind of goes into my point because um, the interesting thing to me about Matthew's version of that kind of invitation, because both of them are invitational, Jesus you know asking the disciples to meet him somewhere. Um, it's interesting because the, this angel, you know, comes down, tells the, tells Mary to go back and tell the disciples, uh, that Jesus is going to meet them in Galilee. And so like Mary has her kind of invitation. She's, she has her direction of where to go, where like the message from Jesus, uh, tells her to go to the disciples to tell them that Jesus will meet them in Galilee, and so I imagine Mary turns around, you know, with a pretty clear idea of where she's being called to go and what she's being called to do, and how Jesus is going to operate in that kind of plan. You know, like Jesus has been the one that laid out the plan, gave the message. So I'm assuming she turns around, thinking the next thing she's next person she's going to see is the disciples and then they'll all meet Jesus in Galilee. But what she does is turn around and and similar to John's gospel but but different is that as she turns around and gets going on her way, immediately Jesus is there. You know? Like so Jesus isn't even following his own plan, it seems like. Um which is interesting to me to think about this idea that like Jesus yes is in there's there is this like invitation and and kind of lure to to something more in the future, you know. Like Jesus is always the one calling us to do something, to to inviting us to take part in the mission, to meet him uh, in in people or places uh, or situations, um, and and to find him there where we where we may not expect to find him. And Jesus is like not just the destination of where we're going, but also part of the journey of getting there as well. That there is this, there's not, it's not, it's not only like this, that at that, at that time or that place or in that situation, I will find Jesus, which is, which can still be true. But there's also like in every moment of my journey there I will be encountering God. I will be encountering the Christ. I will be encountering this this risen Jesus. That will be kind of helping me along the way, telling me don't be afraid. You know, it's not just about where we're going. It's not just about the 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 end goal, the plan at the end, because that really it doesn't exist yet. You know, like like the fact that Jesus kind of just shows up before they before Mary gets to Galilee kind of flying in the face of what Jesus just told her would be true through this messenger the angel shows us that like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter what the what the ultimate goal is the only thing that matters is this moment you know like where Jesus is right now the the vision for the future is important you know this lure of god to something more um, is really important but but to constantly be thinking about Galilee when we're still walking you know, in this first stage of the journey is going to blind us to what is happening right now. Where, where is Jesus moving right now? Because if Mary just put her head down and ran, maybe she would have, maybe she wouldn't have seen him, you know? And I think that is like, that is constantly a part of our invitation as well to not just be so focused on what the end goal is going to be of whatever the thing we think is our mission but of constantly checking in and knowing that what really is real, what the truest thing is, is what's happening right now, how things are unfolding right now. And things will continue to, things will almost always happen that surprise us. And and God is present in those things, not just in the goal, but in those unfolding incremental things of the journey along the way. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's a great uh, recap of our points. So, um, point number one was from the Gospel of John, and it was Charlotte's point, and it was about um, you know not getting stuck uh, clinging to our grief, but to continue to move, to continue to be moved and be lured by that hope that is set before us. Uh, number two and three were from. Uh, the reading from Matthew's account of the resurrection appearance uh, at the tomb, and Maya was first, and uh, it was about that constant invitation from Jesus uh, to to move forward, to meet him, uh, to know that uh, God will be there where we are, um, where we are being beckoned along on our journey. And then number three was mine, and it was about, you know, as we continue on that journey and moving forward, continuing to be aware of, of Jesus' presence now, where we might turn a corner on the journey to where we think we are going to meet Jesus and we meet him there, uh, and, and to let those, surprises, um, let those surprises not frighten us, but, you know, be an invitation to to continue on and to move forward, uh, as we are being always invited to grow and to become who we are called to be. So, um, we thank you all for tuning in, uh, keeping an, an ear out for one of those two gospels. Uh, maybe if you're going to be tuning into a live stream of a Easter service, or if you're going to be doing it at home, uh, we hope uh, this conversation is helpful as you enter into those um, got, uh, those readings and those discussions uh, for Easter and the week after Easter. We thank Maya for being here on the podcast, a triumphal return of her own to <laughs> her old stomping grounds. So we hope you are having a good Holy Week if you're listening to this then or having a good Easter season if you're listening to it after Sunday the 12th. We hope you're all staying safe and make sure you uh, get in contact with us. We want to hear from you. Check out all those Holy Week resources at your disposal. And until next time, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everybody.